Hey, I'm Luis, and this is Luis, and welcome to the Content is Profit podcast. In here, you're going to get the insights, accountability, and drive to create consistently and increase revenue. You'll hear from top entrepreneurs, creators, and anything and everything you need to know about content, all this while having a good time. The goal of this podcast is simple, entertain, educate, and turn your content into profit. Let's Yo, Fancy, what are we talking about today? Guys, today we are talking all about diversifying podcasting, eyes above ears, new ways to monetize your value, and creator breakdown. Brand new creator breakdown. We got Ludwig in the house. You well, we don't have him in the house, but we're going to be talking you about You know that there's a space for the headline right below next to our intro. So I was, look, I was looking for it. I was like, oh man, I missed it up. I didn't put it there. Yeah. For those listening, we always look for this cheat sheet uh, type of deal in their process where we have all the notes. That's that's what we're there you messing go. around it's with. It's in there now. That's perfect. Awesome. Uh, guys, if you're enjoying the show, go ahead and download all those episodes. Uh, we've actually got some comments on social media the other day that they're enjoying the show thank you so much we love every time people reach out to us on social media so either you're getting uh, a lot of value of it or if you want us to talk about something that you need on your business on your content on your production on your systems or, or just to share some stories reach out on social media at base bros co I mean, you took it away. Let's go. Let's just start with this episode at this point. <laughs> All right. Tell me, Fonzie, what are you bringing to the table? Tell me everything. Everything. Well, <laughs> let's start with a new initiative by Blueberry, which is a podcast hosting service. I read this in my, you know, RSS feed. I love that thing. It brings me all the news in the world of podcasting. I know. And B2B. We, I think it was like the slide that we showed on a podfest and everybody's like, who grabbed their phone and started taking pictures? Like, what is that thing? For those that don't know, <laughs> secret tip. Use a news aggregator to find the best news that you can comment on and give your opinion. Because, you know, as thought leaders, you need to share your opinion and your voice. But that being said, right, they have this new initiative to help podcasters monetize. And it's called Value for Value. So I went kind of like a little bit through it. And honestly, I have mixed emotions. You know, I think this obviously comes from a great place of helping podcasters monetize. Pretty much is like Bitcoin donations through podcasting is actually through a very specific platform for what I understood. And it kind of works as the buy me a coffee type of donation that they have on websites, you know, mm -hmm. that people you go to somebody's website and then at the bottom corner where usually they have their chat support, they have an icon that says buy me a coffee and then you help them monetarily financially by, you know, just literally paying them. Five dollars, like giving them a donation. It's a very so expensive coffee. The, the, well, that's pretty much the price of a coffee we pay for every <laughs> single day. So I don't know what you're talking about. You get the employee discount. I don't. I, but <laughs> all right, tangent alert. But you know, it is. This is like Web three based. So it's actually through uh, cryptocurrency as well as also a transaction based on time spend listening to the podcast which that i find interesting right if people are investing time and you know time is money the podcaster is actually getting paid for that time that the people are investing in it which i, I found it interesting now some of the downsides i found is that you need to like download a specific app to listen podcast through and i feel like at this point it's pretty big that you know youtube number one people are listening a podcast on youtube is actually the biggest kind of like marketplace of podcasts right now where people are listening from. Uh, but also Apple and Spotify, like those three just have majority of the marketplace on the podcast listenership. So 
I feel like trying to bring your audience, take them out of there to give them the same content, it's just a different platform for you to kind of like rip off some benefits in there. I think adds a lot of friction, you know? So I do think it is an interesting experience for podcasters, but at the same time, I feel like these are podcasters, it's gonna sound mean, that are probably like scraping by to make ends meet, a little bit more of a hobbyist. I can see it being very good for people that have massive, massive audiences, but maybe for the average podcaster that doesn't get that much reach, is it actually worth it? Right, like, will it be that 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 much of a significant, uh, you know, increase in revenue for them to actually try to do this? Yeah, I think you know a lot of what we talk about is as a business, right? Uh, what's the fastest path to cash in many ways? Uh, whatever platform you're using, uh, and also there has to be a system on the back end that can support this, right? So a lot of podcasters that start, and this is feedback from also the conference that we were just at. Um, that most podcasts start as a as a hobby thing, right? Like, hey, I have these thoughts I want to put out online, and podcasting is a very easy and uh, not so much friction like uh, production that you can that you can put out out real quick. I think here there's a ton of friction that happens. Like, first happens on Web three, so most of the market right is not educated on Web three, so that alone is really new. So there has to be there's a there's a curve that's going to happen, a learning curve. Uh, on top of that, not everybody's on on crypto, right? So last year we we saw that that was pretty pretty big in a sense that it got a ton of attention, but at the same at the same time it was followed by a crash. So are we is this widely adopted to already about the platform of podcasting, right? A lot of people consume it on YouTube because it is a mainstream now. It has become a mainstream form of media where a lot of people are actually watching it on TV. We actually talked to one of our friends that works at Google. He actually sells advertising in Google, and he talked. He talked to us that the 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 place where they experienced the most growth was YouTube in the TV platform. So people watching YouTube on their TVs, which is insane, right? So. Oh no, we, our audio apparently is not coming through to Twitch. Thank you so much, but you know. Yeah, I appreciate uh, it. I guess we're going to have to cancel Twitch in here. <laughs> I think we're going to have to cancel Twitch in here. Well, either way, we're trying to do Twitch in a different way eventually. Soon, not eventually. We'll see. Soon. Experimenting. Uh, but great feedback. Thank you so much. Oh, maybe, maybe it's not coming through anywhere. We'll see. Let's see. It doesn't matter. Let's go. Let's keep going. Okay. So uh, with that said. We're recording it here, which is what matters. There we are. Oh my gosh. That's what happened. Oh my gosh. New mistake. <laughs> Good thing we're recording here locally. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. There's a lesson in there. If your live stream doesn't have audio, make sure you're recording locally too. Oh yeah. So then you can use the audio. Back up. Okay. Um, so anyway, so I think that's a friction point for a lot of people that are either starting their platforms. This could be friction on their production side and it can be also be friction on the audience side, but I agree a hundred percent with you. Uh, I think those are just great add-ons if you know you're trying to make coffee money. But I think if you want to take this seriously as a publishing platform, uh, there has to be some more monetization aspect, right? It could be something that's great here and yeah. there, but I don't think it's uh, viable for for a business, right? I don't yeah. think it's significant for yeah. for a business. So again, like my brother said, talking about B two in the B two B world, bringing it to the business world. I think what's important here is how are you using your platform, right? You might not have had the biggest audience, but are you using your platform to create those opportunities to bring in deals to the table, right? So if you offer any sort of service, right? Anything that is, I will say 10K plus on the lifetime value of your of your customer, 
a platform is great to connect with your ideal customer and then transition those relationships into a sales environment or not a sales environment. Let's use a kind of like or a good friend Chris Doe said, a helping environment, right? Like yeah. you're searching how you can help each other and how you can collaborate. But the main introduction, the rapport building, trust, all that is done through the platform. I think it's a better opportunity than, you know, having people try to get them out of where they consume their podcast and then trying to get them to donate you a coffee. I think that just adds a lot of friction. I think the idea in theory is pretty cool. And for people that are really, really into, you know, the podcasting world and just bettering the podcasting world as a whole, I think that idea is very attractive. But again, for B2B, just focus on that 1% of people you can bring in your platform yeah. and turn that into deals. I mean, where do I see this happening is maybe a company that is heavily involved with Web3. So, like, you know, the customers are closer to that and they want to provide probably an extra experience other than the main content that comes out. I see that fitting there. I mean, we talked on that panel about social audio, right? How people are implementing things like Clubhouse and different things like inside of the publishing cadence. I see this as another vehicle of like an extra value or an extra, a different place where people can come in and, and, and leverage the community yeah. aspect. I, I think content creation is just too tied to the idea of passive income. You know, like pretty much in here is you produce a podcast and then people listen through this app. And because of the time they spend listening to you, you get a certain amount of money. Sounds pretty passive. And I understand like sponsorships, all that stuff, right? Like affiliate marketing, you can do all that. But I think that idea is so attractive to people. It's like, oh, I have to create and then I'm going to start making money rather than, hey, it is an effort to create, but also it's an effort to find the deals and grow the business, yeah, right? Not, so, not let alone distribute and promote the content. I, yeah, so I, I think people need to separate those ideas of, you know, the passive income with the content creation. Who's to say that this is not easily hackable, right? Like we talked about the gaming farms, right, that are operate on Web3. And uh, these companies get a whole bunch of like Bangladesh people. Yeah, people hiring. Listening to your podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is exactly what happened, right? Like people hire, or bots, right? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, these companies that hire uh, at an X amount of dollars, uh, overseas to go play these games on Web3 and uh, you know they receive a payment a consistent payment but then the company reaps the benefits on, on the crypto world uh, yeah I mean to say that this cannot be similar right you can put a bunch of devices to download automatically all these things yeah. and I'm sure there's going to be some technology on the back end but uh, again I think there's a lot of technicalities that we probably don't understand can be a little shady yeah but exactly, I agree with you. Fast so path to cash. Focus, fast <laughs> path to cash, bring people to your platform that you can leverage those relationships to then turn into deals. Now, let's move on to the next one, which is podcasters want your eyes. Ooh, look at that. And not in a, you know, figure it a little bit. Not only matter. your ears. Uh, not in a Game of Thrones type of deal, <laughs> but more of there was a study made, right? Um, I think I got the study from Morning Consult. And they said that YouTube is the most preferred podcast platform among regular listeners ahead of Spotify and Apple. That's pretty, pretty intense. Not going to lie. About one third of U.S. adults, 32%, say they prefer listening to podcasts with video compared with 26% who prefer them with only audio. And then we have a little graph in here that shows you kind of like where they listen to podcasts. And indeed, YouTube is, you know, the reigning champ right now. But all right. Caveat on this, obviously, they make this uh, surveys, right, with a limited amount of people. So I don't think it really broadly represents the whole podcasting ecosystem. 
But I think it talks about the fact that YouTube is raising in value for podcasters, right? Like diversify your media. Why, if you're recording something in audio, is it really that much more difficult to plug a camera and make a video and then upload it and actually be able to leverage that? Yeah, I, I mean, I think the definition of podcast has been evolving over the last two years as well, right? It started as just an audio vehicle uh, that that's distributed just in audio form. Now it has evolved into the video podcast, right? Like, which is a format, you know, and I think that's another conversation too, but the ability to leverage that one hour or 30 minutes or whatever time you allocate to create your your show or your podcast as a company, um, I think it's very important to see your resources and, and see how you can leverage that. So obviously YouTube is a massive vehicle where your podcast can be found, right? There's yeah. other tools for your content to be found, uh, on top of the traditional podcasting audio platforms, which they're notably <laughs> famous for not being the best in, in at recommending new, at, content. At recommending new content. Yeah. So YouTube can be a, a really cool vehicle for people to find that. I mean, it, it's interesting. Actually, a lot of the creators that we follow that talk about how to grow on YouTube, when they show the stats, a lot of their growth, a lot of their views from their videos come from the recommended page in, Google, in, in YouTube. A hundred percent. Our shorts, uh, their mm -hmm. main thing is recommend it right they they just show up in in these people feeds and that's how people can leverage that so in people's feeds feeds uh, <laughs> with, with the d bro only Come feet on. <laughs> uh, you're gonna start uh, selling uh, your feet selfies nope nope <laughs> definitely no unless there's an audience there and want to pay me money <laughs> they'll buy your coffee <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh in crypto too you know we're gonna start using that platform but anyways uh but i think it's pretty interesting right so you know uh sometimes we just think about content. So we're so zoomed in into the production where it's like, I'm just creating a, a podcast and then I'm going to create all these reels. And then I'm going to create these other video where you, if you step 10 steps above this, right. And you see the whole thing, we talked about content ecosystem, right? So how can you, uh, see how many resources, time or, or, or team where you can allocate to content creation, right? Can you create something that you can leverage on multiple platforms? And it doesn't have to be the traditional clips, right? It could be where in one hour you record like a 30 minute podcast episode and then you actually create those individual clips if you want to create that way, right? Based on mm -hmm. your audience, the type of information that you give, the type of like how, how easy it is for you to create, right? Right now we have a studio, so we could potentially grab the camera and put a different angle in a different video, right? Right. For example, right. Not a lot of people have that, but the fact that you can look at it that way and your platform, then you can be like, perfect. This piece goes to YouTube. This piece goes to the audio. Maybe this piece goes to both and you can leverage the platform and, uh, and the audiences that are going to be consuming content in different ways. Your YouTube consumer might be, might be the same as a podcaster consumer, but it can also be different, right? Your short consumer, uh, you might be playing for a different audience, right? Maybe a younger audience who knows. So it's, it's all this together, but I think you have to put content out there consistently, right? And if you listen to, uh, I, I'll guess the gurus, and I'm doing air quotation, right? They're, You're not a guru. I'm not a guru. I hope not. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you want to be Maybe a guru. in the future. No, I don't want to be a guru. <laughs> Seems like a lot of work. I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, uh, work is the... The process, the love is in the work. What is it that or mostly says? <laughs> the love. love the work, love, love the process. Love the process. We're enjoying this process. We, we have our story of not loving the process. But yeah. uh, but it's like, hey, how can you 
feed the platforms more material to gather data, right? Are we putting enough content out there to gain significant data to make decisions, right? As a business, same thing, right? Like if you have an employee and uh, you know you see the production on that employee and uh, the connection to revenue, you're gonna leave that employee. If you don't see that connection, uh, you're probably gonna find a different solution. Same with content. What pieces of content are resonating? What, what topics, what style, what type of video? what length, like all these things, like if you talk to YouTube, you can go to, you know, click-through rate or the average duration of a view, for example, like the, ma the main ones, right? So um, how can you actually use the time that you have allocated to produce something to put on multiple platforms? And that's super interesting about this data that YouTube is one of that. So if you're not creating the, the video format for your podcast or your platform, I highly recommend you start doing that. I think one of the, you know, one of the main things that this article was talking about and i think the easiest way to summarize the whole article is pretty much that there's more opportunity for revenue by diversifying your podcast so obviously they're talking about it on a media type of way like okay if you you know have your content in multiple platforms you get more views you get new audiences therefore you get you know you have the opportunity to have different sponsors or a bigger pie of that sponsorship money but we always go back to the B2B, right? And obviously what my brother shared about all, you know, kind of like feedback from the audience. But at the same time, I think it's pretty important to notice in here that it's like, wait, what sounds like that? <laughs> oh, I have a computer. I'm like, what is this? Where is that coming from? I have a computer. But, you know, at, the, at this point is on the B2B aspect is only 3% of people are ready to buy now. And by being in all these places, by diversifying your media and posting them, you're having a higher chance, higher opportunity of finding this 3%, but also the rest, the other 97%, right? That is going to take some time to convert. Obviously, a percentage of that have nothing. They don't want anything to do with you. But the percentage that might be ready to buy in three, six, you know, a year from now, that people you get to keep educating them and keep being top of mind. And eventually, when they need that solution, they're going to come to you, right? But again, Where's the value also if you are publishing your podcast in multiple platforms? If you have a guest, right, which is what we recommend with pipeline platforms, right? Build your platform for you to get in contact with that 1% that can work with you. Now you have more to offer to that person, more value. Another reason for that person to come into your platform. You're telling them, hey, we're not only going to post this in Apple Podcasts or Spotify. This is actually going to go out on YouTube. YouTube shorts, right? Instagram reels, all this thing. Do you think it's going to be way more appealing for that guest to come into your show? 100%, right? You're delivering value up front. So guess what? At the end of that conversation, you're ready. Deliver value, build rapport. And when you want to transition that into deal finding opportunities, right? Into let's see how we can help each other out. Is going to be easier for you and your business. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and there's always a conversation, uh, especially with podcasters maybe that don't have a business on the back end, right? The advertising conversation. Now, well, if you are in multiple platforms, you have more inventory to uh, to deal with the advertisers, right? You have your audio inventory, audio only. You have your YouTube long form video. You have your YouTube shorts inventory, right? You could uh, segment really each type of post or each type of content for these things and you can leverage that. And as a company, if you're finding a creator that does that, 
right? You can also leverage that for your advantage or be like, hey, can you work on a very specific type of advertising because we want to be present in in shorts or we want to be present on your YouTube version of the show, right? Depends on your audience. So the more data that you can collect, the more leverage points that you can have and the more opportunities you can create, not only on the audience side, if you do have the audience, but if you don't have the audience, uh, on that possibility to bring your ideal conversation, your ideal relationship, your ideal client into your platform because for them, it's going to be a ton of value, right? They want to be in more platforms. They want to be with you. They want to leverage that and uh, they want to share their message. So their answer is always going to say yes. That's why from day one, we've really had no issue inviting people. <laughs> well, you know, it, some might take a little longer than others, but every single person said yes to that. And that's one of the main selling points that we have for the show. Be like, hey, we are present in multiple platforms. Yeah, 100%. Um, I'm actually changing the stream here on, on Twitch. It looks good. It looks great. It looks so What's up, smooth. Twitch people? So smooth. <laughs> but let's move on to the last topic of the day. And we are top talking about that creator breakdown, right? And it's actually the first time that we do like a, Creator breakdown percent. We need like a. Uh, Let's see how it goes. Creator breakdown. Yeah, we need like an intro music <laughs> to the segment. I think that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, but today we're talking about a creator called Ludwig, right? And he is a pretty big live streamer that now he actually built an event agency. I think that is so cool. And they're hosting events like the Muggle Chess Boxing Championship <laughs> with Costum. 1.6 million to put together. Pocket change. He actually did another event called Birio Kart. So I was like Mario Kart with like beer. You know that game that you play in college? That is like <laughs> you have to finish your beer before you finish the race, but you cannot drink and drive at the same time. He did a tournament out of that. I think it's pretty cool. And he also put another event together called Mogul Money Live, in which he lost, a, you know, like 150K. But it's pretty interesting that he's doing this event. He's a really, really big streamer. Uh, and he was actually highlighted in the Calling on Samir newsletter where they asked him, you know, kind of like, why does he run this events mm. even though, you know, he's kind of like losing some money in some of them. And he said that that's what the fans remember the most. They don't remember the day-to-day -day streams or the constant flow of content, right? He said events are the most important thing you do because at the end of the year, everyone li is like, oh, what was the best thing that happened this year? And they think of a big event. No one's going to think, oh, it was the, you know, uh, GTA or episode 324 from the Content is Profit podcast. Like, yeah. sure, of course, the Content is Profit podcast was a highlight of your year. But, <laughs> you know, if we were to have a meetup and record live and have a whole event around it, that probably would be way more meaningful. We'll probably be creating more memories, more emotions, yeah. right, well, tied to that event. Well, so just today on the interview with uh, Pratiti, right, the thing that she remembered the most was the stream that we did that we gave away a bunch of stuff. And she's like, oh, my gosh, this is such an amazing opportunity. We had, I think that was started as a live, but then we started including the, the community and they started to jump in. And it became this event, right? It was not in person. It was an online event. So to Fonzie's point and to Ludwig's strategy is the same thing. How can you create a memorable 
uh, experience when we launched with Hotspot, right? We did uh, almost a four-hour stream and uh, we gave a bunch of stuff away. Same thing. We talked about these different creators and it was something different, right? So um, again, you can be consistent, obviously, with your content. We talked so much about the advantages of, it, of being consistent every single day or every, you know, every single week, whatever your cadence is, because that content will be able to attract new eyes, will build your authority, your relevancy, your trust, all these things. But at the same time, if you want this memorable moment, uh, we can do that. I can think about a few examples, right? When we did uh, after college, the Mass Life Games, right? We have four different events that summer. I still get people. This was in 2014. I still get people from our city that we talk and we meet up and they're like, man, that event at the beach was super awesome. We did like a workout day. We did a 4th of July uh, beach day party. We did a floaties. Uh, we brought DJs. Like it was such a cool thing for four days and people still talk about that. And, yeah. and, 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 and then the Fonzie and um, the wedding. The wedding, every single person, every time we go out, we're like, bro, your wedding was great. Well, guess what? Our wedding uh, was not the same as other weddings. We literally just got married very, like a tiny party. Like it was like a 3 p.m. thing. But then we just bought Pollo Tropical Buffet style and we had a DJ and we just had a blast. It was, it was very fun, different. It was a fun wedding. So bringing it back to the B2B world and how is this relevant to you, right? Is, okay, how can you make something of a big event? It doesn't have to be massive. You don't have to invest 1.6 million in putting the event together, right? But, you know, there's people out there that are doing summits, right? At the end of the day, these events, one of the key lessons that we've learned from these streamers is like the people that participate in the event are other streamers as well. They're creating content, right? So they're leveraging other people's audiences. So in these events that you're going to be put together in the marketing world, I feel like summits are pretty popular, right? Where they, they bring other business owners that also have a following or an email list and then they leverage all that and they grow their following while delivering value yeah. how can you do something similar it doesn't necessarily has to be a summit right but maybe you can create an event around your platform that is going to bring value to people we did the 24-hour thing no, 24 hours now. Wow, I was like 24 hours. Four hours, hour, bro. Four hours. Oh, my gosh. That was so long. I thought it was 24. <laughs> You're dreaming now? Um, well, think about this. Yesterday, I read that uh, Ford Motor Company might be the new, the, they'll slap the Ford sticker into Red Bull's F1 engines, right, in 2026. Like, they're going to do a collaboration uh, moving forward with the season. But guess what? The launch of the new livery or, like, the car, is, is happening soon and Ford is sending a bunch of content creators to the Red Bull launch in preparation for 2026. So Red Bull already has that event. So as a brand, how can you like, if you're talking to as a brand or as a company to, you already have events in your calendar more, more than likely, right? Now, how can you use that event in your advantage for this? Ford is sending a bunch of content creators to probably review the car, start the conversation, start the content uh, pumping around the F1 market, which has been growing in the US. So how can you identify these trends, whether that's external events or even events that you already have in your calendar? For example, how are we leveraging events? We have in our calendar a bunch of races, but also the events in our industry, like PodFest, for example. We took a camera and we did a different kind of content. We brought in different podcasters. We interviewed a bunch of them in a, in a new format, which, by the way, massive fail because <laughs> the, the mics were not working. So <laughs> you're going to have to see it later. <laughs> you have to see it next year when we go record it again. <laughs> maybe, maybe we do like a Japanese ad lib, you know, like they, they speak and we can. Uh, that would be hilarious. That would be great. <laughs> that would be, be really funny. Yeah. <laughs> Good idea. Uh, but anyways, again, I think 
there's many ways creatively on how you can leverage events, not only you putting them together, if that's not an option, how can you go to a different event and leverage that event for yourself? Yeah, 100%. That's pretty good. Sweet. Awesome. Yeah. So hopefully you took some took out some some lessons from today, you know, mainly that you can leverage your platform, right? <laughs> to bring the 1% that want to do business with you right now and connect with them, build those relationships. At the same time, leverage those platforms to create experiences and build your audience. Yeah. And for those, be like, Luis, what's the closing per percentage of this platform that you say? Well, here you go. For the first 100 guests that we invited, 75% said yes to a call with us so we can talk on more opportunities. And 25% said, yes, I'll buy. Again, this is this depends. The lawyers, are, the lawyers that we don't have are probably going to say this, like you say this, but uh, <laughs> we don't guarantee those results, but it will depend obviously on your product and your ability to sell. Yeah. But There's you will have... Ball you will have a ton of opportunities uh, yeah. that are going to be coming to you. There is work involved in this 100%. It's not a sit down and you get magic results because no such thing exists. But it's very if close. you are <laughs> willingly to learn and implement, more important than anything else, we are doing a training this Friday, so in two days, on how to start your pipeline platform in less than 90 days and fill your pipeline with five plus figure deal opportunities. And we're going to teach you how to leverage that platform to build your audience. And if you're asking yourself, what is a pipeline platform? Well, the pipeline platform is the platform that allows you to connect with that 1% of people that wants to work with you while at the same time giving you the opportunity to feed value into the rest of the audience and build a following. That was great without your notes, bro. I know. I was searching for my notes. Like, I, don't, I don't have it here. But you know what? I know it off the top of my head. That We've done this for a very long time. So yeah. if you want help, just reach out to us at BizBrosco on Facebook, on Instagram. Just send us the word training or pipeline platform. Or you can just say, you know, two-piece, P-P pipeline <laughs> platform. And we know exactly what you're going to be talking about. And we'll send you the link to register for the training. Awesome. With that said, guys, thank you so much for tuning into the Contents Profit Podcast. Go ahead and follow the show in your favorite podcasting platform. Download those episodes and follow us on social media at BizBrosCo. That is right. If today's episode helped you move one step closer towards your goal, please don't forget to share this episode and, and leave a five-star review. See ya. Bye, guys.